Hello, welcome to another podcast that we are doing called Science Now. My name is Yoi. And I'm Kai. Yes, indeed. And what we would like to do with this podcast is to actually talk about some of the new scientific advances that is in the news that That affects everyone. Yeah, exactly. Things that you might see on Facebook or that your parents or friends might go, have you heard this news that they're now creating robots and AI and things like that. And Mm. yeah, we'll just uh, talk about what we think about it as scientists. Mm -hmm. So for today, I wanted to bring to the table a topic called CRISPR. Uh Uh-huh. Spelled C-R-I-S-P-R. And even though it does sound a lot like crisps, it, yes, indeed. It is not a food stuff, but it is something that can can be used in food. Yes, it can be used in food, yeah. as we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, I just want to quickly introduce one of my favorite films. Uh-huh. It's Gattaca that came out in 1999. Mm. And in it, the protagonist, Vincent, he has to overcome genetic discrimination. Okay. Vincent is born into a world in which eugenics is socially accepted, which means that parents, they can go into a lab and design their own babies to be smarter, stronger, and be the best of their parents. Wow. However, Vincent was not conceived that way, and so he was relegated to being a second-class citizen. And through the movie, he overcomes... This uh, by essentially having to pretend to be a perfect genetically modified human. Designer babies is a, is a term that was tossed around... Quite a while ago, right? Quite a while ago, and people don't talk about it very much now, but CRISPR is a technology that has... That brings this almost a real possibility. Yeah, indeed. In some ways, we already do have... Some genetic screenings for yeah. babies. Yeah, we do. In like in vitro fertilization, babies you can screen for hereditary diseases. Yeah, that's usually what you screen for right now. Like things like Huntington's, things like that. So it's possible to be done. Mm. And also, uh, uh, amniotic fluid analysis mm-hmm. where you check whether your the baby, gender yeah you check the, the gender that's right and you check whether or not they have down syndrome oh. uh, but screening isn't editing though no it isn't currently there's no way for us to actually design a baby say i want i'm asian i've got black hair but i want my baby to have blonde hair but that might actually be about to change right so let's let's talk a little bit more about crispr yeah, what is CRISPR? CRISPR, the acronym stands for Clustered Regularly Interspaced Short Palindromic Repeats. Okay. Now, we don't have to know that, but the term CRISPR has been adopted by mainstream media mm-hmm. to actually refer to the technology yeah. CRISPR-Cas9. But that's not what the individual words stand for. Yeah, no, no, that... Uh, CRISPR itself actually just refers to a sequence of DNA. Mm. But let's talk more about this technology then. Yeah. What's interesting about this is that 
In a nutshell, the CRISPR-Cas9 system acts like a pair of scissors that's yep. able to go into the cells if introduced directly, mm-hmm. look for a very specific sequence in your DNA, and then make a cut there. No. Making a cut seems fine. For example, if you cut a piece of paper in two, you can glue it back together and Mm -hmm. everything's fine. But what happens in our cells is a little bit more different when you cut the DNA. The cell itself has to try to stick it back together Mm -hmm. because DNA is what makes the cells survive and proliferate. But we're human and our cells, by extension, are kind of human as well. (laughs) So they make mistakes. When they stick the cut pieces of DNA together, they might accidentally put in a couple of extra bases. Mm-hmm. And once you put, once you do that, the protein that's read from the DNA might be inactivated, so you no longer have a working copy of that protein. And so with that, you are able to what scientists call knock out a gene. So if you have the gene for Huntington's disease, then with the CRISPR-Cas9 system, you'll be able to go in, take a pair of scissors to the mutator Huntington's gene, inactivate it, and you no longer produce that protein which gives you the disease. Mm -hmm. The CRISPR-Cas9 systems were actually identified in bacteria, but it's only seen a huge burst of popularity since about 2012 because that was when scientists in the lab realized that CRISPR-Cas9 was an extremely effective way of targeting and cutting DNA and therefore making modifications to it. Mm -hmm. And so for the last six years, it's been used by scientists all over the world to try to edit cells in the dish, uh, edit mouse genomes. And now, six years down the line, people think that it is a mature enough technology that it can start being used in agricultural products and scarily maybe in humans as well so what has it been used in our stuff we can see in our daily lives so far in our daily lives it's actually already available on store shelves really not in singapore can you tell can you tell it's in the store well Alright, so there is one product that is on US store shelves called Arctic Apples. Mm. And the reason why they call it Arctic Apples is because they do not brown. So they sell these apples pre-sliced, unmodified and untampered with any antioxidants or Mm anti-browning agents. They put it into a bag and they just simply place it on the the shelves. And they sell it as... The world's first non-browning apples. Eat it fresh. So, great. That's, that sounds beautiful. The science behind this is uh-huh. that they go into the apple genome and they use CRISPR-Cas9 to cut a gene which oxidizes the apple once it has been cut and exposed to air. So, they have to make new plants, basically, right? Yes, they, they cut do. out the gene and then they grow new apple trees mm-hmm. to get these non-brown apples. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't someone just... I mean, maybe because I'm a scientist, but I think in general, won't people ask why it's brown? Some people would. I know I definitely would. I want to know how in the world do we get such brilliant new technologies? Yeah. Is it through normal breeding? 
And the website is quite open about it. Yeah. They do say that they use science to do it. Uh, <laughs> big, big S science. science. Yes, big S science. Uh, and the actual website itself does not go into the intricacies of what CRISPR does, but they do provide links to other websites. And they do mention they use yes. CRISPR. Yes, that's which right. Which is a high technology science thing. Indeed. So that is the first um, commercially available wow. CRISPR edited food stuff to go up onto the market. But I'd be interested to know if any of you audience have tried it. <laughs> well, if it ever comes into Singapore, I think I would try it. Yeah, we can do like a little vlog of us eating it. <laughs> Compare normal and non-brown apples. Yeah, it, they actually have videos on YouTube <laughs> for promotion. So you can actually see how their apples don't brown. So have a quick Google Leave it for it. days. I can't remember how many hours they left it up. <laughs> okay. But actually, for the last two years, more than Arctic apples have been approved by the USDA. U.S. Drug Administration. They have approved more agricultural produce, for example, white button mushrooms. They've also gone in to make them non-browning. They've managed to uh, create soybeans with drought and salt tolerance. However, some of these products aren't to be sold on the supermarket shelves itself. It tends to be a little bit more on the agricultural side. They use the soybeans and to then feed they the yes, to feed the animals. But they are considered genetically modified, right? I mean, you're basically going to edit your genome. That means it's genetically modified. So I expect to know if my pork that I ate today had some genetically or CRISPR edited soybeans. Mm -hmm. That's the interesting thing. Genetically modified organisms, GMO. There's a huge debate about it. Of course. Uh, people who are really anti-GMO, they wanted mm -hmm. anything, any food stuff that was involved with these type of technologies to be branded and hopefully banned, actually. But... GMO itself, as defined by the USDA, has a very specific definition, which is that the GMO must have DNA introduced from a foreign organism. And they don't count CRISPR as part of that? No, they don't. Isn't there the guide RNA? Mm, I'm glad you brought up the guide RNA, because the way that CRISPR works is that you need a template, which Kai is just referred to as the guide RNA. And the guide RNA basically tells the scissors where to cut. Theoretically speaking, it is a foreign piece of DNA that isn't present within your food stuff, But it's not derived from an animal. It's not derived from bacteria. So it's a little bit of a legal loophole. But it is true that such agricultural crops, they are genetically edited, which is the term that they use now, but not genetically modified. Because they don't have like foreign animal DNA or RNA material, I guess. Exactly. Huh. Now, of course, I'm, I am not against GMO food. No, neither am I. It's everywhere, honestly. Yeah, as much as people do not want to eat GMO food, probably a large majority of anything has had some form of 
genetic modified uh, organisms in its production process. Mm-hmm. And I approve of it. I approve of Arctic apples because at the end of the day, if it does catch on, and I believe it will catch on because yeah. people will want to buy apples that don't brown. They look healthier. They probably taste exactly the same. And from a social standpoint, you cut fruits, you leave it out for guests at, a, at your party, and people want to eat it, and you don't waste food. People won't throw it away because it still looks fresh. Yeah. Oh, food wastage, huh? that's another topic that we should go on in, in the future. Mm-hmm. Definitely, we should. Okay, so, so that's, that's the plants and, and agriculture and food stuff out of the, the way. But I introduced Gattaca and the introduction uh, and the editing of humans. Mm-hmm. That's starting to be done now as well in clinical trials. A really big name right now is Josiah Zayner. Yeah, have you seen his videos? You can YouTube it. Yeah, you can YouTube it. <gasps> He went on a live video where he was giving a seminar mm-hmm. and he basically just injected himself with the CRISPR-Cas9 system. Mm-hmm. He knew what he was doing, alright? He, he's not just some random dude off the street who bought stuff and injected himself. He is a, he's a PhD holder, he's done his research, he's decided to call himself a biohacker because he believes that our technology is at a point where anyone can buy these, these simple uh, guide RNA and CRISPR and uh, the Cas9 protein and theoretically just do it on themselves if they wanted to. Yeah, but is that what we want? To be encouraged? I mean, I only speak for myself and as a cautious and skeptical person, I don't think it's gonna be useful for someone to do it on their own. I mean, if there's something you want to delete of, let's say in my skin I have eczema and there is one gene that I can delete and get rid of my eczema, but then it's all over my body, how am I gonna inject every single cell and get rid of the gene? It's not Mm -hmm. practical to do. Exactly. Josiah himself admits that it was a publicity stunt. And note that both of us do not endorse you going out there and injecting yourself. Uh, He knew what he was doing. And he knew it wasn't going to do anything. What he did was he was hoping to inject himself in a small patch and cut out a gene called myostatin. Okay. And in lab research, if you get rid of that gene... It helps you build muscle. And so he thought, okay, you know, it will help me uh, build muscle. But he admitted that just injecting it into that small little location of his skin, firstly, it's not like he's going to suddenly bulk up and become the Hulk. At the very best, that small area of skin is going to have a little bit more muscle. Uh, muscle. Which might look a bit weird. Maybe he might have a, a little, little bump. bump. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A tiny bump. And the rest of his body is still going to be, you know, normal muscle. We call this chimerism, where only a small part of your body has different DNA compared to the rest of your body. Mm-hmm. And these cells die off. Yeah. They're not going to make new ones. Most of these cells in our body, they just live and do what they do and they die off. They're not, unless you do it to stem cells, which are things that can make more cells, you're not going to affect many things. You're just going to affect the ones that got hit by the CRISPR. 
Not only that, actually, some scientists have looked into our immune system. And at the end of the day, when if you're going to do such an injection where you inject uh, the CRISPR-Cas9 system with the protein and the uh, guide RNA into your bloodstream, mm-hmm. it turns out that we actually have antibodies against the Cas9 protein because the Cas9 protein actually comes from bacteria. Yeah. So that means it probably won't work anyway because you need the Cas9 to make the cut. Yeah, exactly. So he might as well have injected saline into himself and maybe mm. he would have he would see absolutely no difference. Yeah. But his point, however, was to try to tell people that mm, science is not something that's really scary. It's not something that it can only be done by big corporations Theoretically speaking, we are able to actually do science even in our own backyard. And he has done that, and he is doing that. But bear in mind, again, he is a PhD holder and an actual doctor. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's sending out a wrong message to people. I mean, there's some poor people who might be really desperate for some deletions for their disease mm-hmm. and they would spend lots of money trying to get something to work but mm-hmm. like Yui and I have mentioned there are many reasons why this is not gonna work if you just take a little tube and inject yourself in one area it's mm. not gonna work you need to talk to someone who knows what is going on inside your body yeah I, I do agree that doing that online is irresponsible because you've got no control over who's going to watch your video yeah. and who's going to try what you just did and they're not as they might experienced not, yeah. as you are. Now, how about let's, let's talk about what has been done in the lab by scientists and have data to show uh, successful use of uh, CRISPR in humans. In Oregon Health and Science University, there is a group there led by Shukrat Mitalipov, and I'm sorry if I'm butchering his name. They've managed to use the CRISPR-Cas9 system and reverse a genetic defect called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. But it's just a proof of concept, because they never grew these... I mean, it's not a born human. You don't know if they actually still have the disease when they grow into Mm -hmm. adults. What they did there was they fertilized an egg with sperm that they knew had this disease. Okay. And as Kai just mentioned, they did not allow these embryos to come to term. Mm -hmm. These are still in the dish. They put in the Cas9 system and they cut the gene which is responsible for this disease. And they were able to show that, theoretically, they could make an embryo that was 100% totally free of this disease. That's cool. I mean, it's kind of in line with what we were talking about at the start for in vitro fertilization. If people have some known diseases, Mm -hmm. like this heart muscle disease, or they have heritable diseases normally the parents will be screened for it so you know that most likely or a high percentage of their offspring children will carry the same disease Mm. so in these 
if you go for IVF, then you can go in with the CRISPR-Cas9 and cut this gene out and hopefully not have children with this. I mean, your children won't have this disease later on. And because as every single one of us starts out as a single cell, if caught at that stage and the gene is corrected for, you won't end up in a scenario like Josiah where only some of your cells are corrected and others aren't. Yeah. Hypertrophic myopathy generally just targets the heart, so it really doesn't help if you've corrected this disease in your foot and your heart is still affected by it. Mm-hmm. There's that, but it doesn't really affect us. Oh, we, are, we are already born, we are multicellular organisms. It affects us when we want to have children. That's right. And in the... In the terrible scenario, if we have diseases that, well, who knows, that we need to correct for. Or even just being older, if an older female, having kids, you have more chromosomal abnormalities. But that doesn't, I don't think you can use CRISPR-Cas9 to cut out an entire chromosome. No, probably not. It still does have its limits in that it can only make a small, tiny little change. And if only one gene is responsible for it. what you're looking at if you have something that's multi-gene related like even eye color or hair color no i don't think you can do it's really it's kind of sad actually every time we talk about big science and future uh, discoveries almost Mm -hmm. always it's our children will benefit from it and we might not benefit from this but some some scientists out there are trying out clinical trials to benefit some of us. A research group in University of Pennsylvania in the US led by Dr. Edward Stadmauer. There we go. They are planning to start up a clinical trial where they take out the T-cells from cancer patients and use CRISPR to basically cut out and deactivate genes which tell them to stop working. So these T-cells will essentially become super activated. Uh, This is a very, very simplified version of of the story. Mm -hmm. T-cells are implicated in fighting off cancers. So by taking these T-cells physically out of your body, they use CRISPR-Cas9 and they modify these T-cells outside of the body. Mm -hmm. And now these super T-cells, so to speak, can be then injected back into the same cancer patient. So what you're going to have here is that you're not going to have rejection of the T-cells because they were yours to begin with. They're just going home. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, these super T-cells... My, the hope is is that they will go into the body, they will target the cancer cells, and hopefully lead you to have remission of, of your cancer. So you basically get rid of your cancer with your own cells. That would be the ideal plan. Of course, these are in very early stage clinical trials, and we have no idea what is going to happen in the future but we can possibly have a follow-up when the trial results actually come out. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure there are other groups that are thinking of other ways to target other diseases that adults will have. I don't know how efficient it'll be, but Mm. we can definitely do a follow-up at some point. That's right. As exciting as all of this sounds, though, CRISPR-Cas9 is just a tool, and tools 
aren't always perfect. Like no. Kai just alluded to the fact that, you know, it might not work very well. The, the efficiency might be low. Maybe it might work for some people. It might not work for other people. Mm-hmm. And one major yeah. issue with this CRISPR-Cas9 system, and it's the same argument that uh, people have had about genetically modified organisms many mm-hmm. years ago, is that we don't know what actually happens when you inject CRISPR-Cas9 into a cell. Our cells are essentially a black box. Mm-hmm. So when we put it in and you modify the exact gene, who knows what that gene might actually affect? We don't know what is what other friends, other genes that it might interact with and what will happen when you lose this one gene. At the end of the day... I I'll mean, s- we know the short term. We don't know the long term. Yes, that's, that's the right. big question. We are long-lived creatures. And environmental factors will stimulate stress and cause things that you might not see in the animal model but might happen to the human. Exactly. So maybe you might cure your eczema in the short term, Mm -hmm. but then you develop cancer 20 years earlier. Who knows? Another major problem which we might not have covered was the Mm off-targets. That even though we say it's specific, sometimes you don't need to be 100% match, you might still cut at a similar, maybe 80% similar site and cause other problems there. The scientists do acknowledge this mm-hmm. and they do screen and try to show that this particular DNA sequence that they're trying to target the cut at is specific and that there's no other deletions or insertions or modifications at other potential cut sites. But it's difficult to know that you 100% did not make any other change yeah, to the, the rest of the genome. Yeah, the genome is so big. Exactly. It's like looking at needle in the haystack. But there is hope for, for our future children to be able to correct genetic deficiencies. It's getting cheaper and cheaper to sequence the whole genome mm-hmm. and know for a fact that the CRISPR system is only affecting the site that you want to affect. And, well, it's still a new technology, even though it has been used for the last six years, it's still considered an extremely new field. Mm-hmm. And we already see food on our shelves. Exactly, which is... Quite amazing. Unthinkable, yeah. So we'll keep an eye on this, and if anything new turns up, I'm sure that we'll cover it in the future. Yeah, send us an email at singingdancingscientists oh, one word. Gmail. Com if you have any news about CRISPR or other topics you want us to talk about. Alright, that's it for today. Thank, Thank you. you.